When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Second hour, 6.30, Chad Inside Sports underway. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight and tomorrow. We got the football game on Friday, Eskimos and Bombers. So Reed will be will be back on Monday. By the way, 5.30 is countdown to kickoff Friday night between the Eskimos and Bombers. That's the uh, that's the pregame show, and the kickoff will be at 7 o'clock on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Morley Scott, yours truly, along with Blake Dermott and Brendan Escott. In this uh, hour, we'll head to Lima, Peru. That'll be next half hour, and talk with Erin Young, who is on the Canadian National Women's Wheelchair Basketball Team, and currently is at the what's happening is the it's the Para Pan Am Games. The Pan Am Games just happened in Peru, so now it's the it's the Para Pan Am Games. Big tournament on the line here because or a lot on the line in this tournament because the top two finishers are going to qualify for the Paralympic Games in Tokyo. So we'll talk with Aaron Young, also coach uh, the uh, coach uh, assistant coach on the team as well, Daryl Nordell, who uh, is an assistant coach as they mentioned. Uh, both uh, in Edmonton, Nordell is from uh, Daryl is from Edmonton. I know Erin uh, Young. We've had her on the show before. She's in St. Albert, uh, from St. Albert. She lives in Legal right now, but plays a lot of wheelchair basketball, uh, playing for the Edmonton Inferno uh, here in uh, Edmonton. Uh, Steve Sir will join us. He's the director of player personnel for the Edmonton Stingers. Championship weekend is coming up in Saskatoon, and the uh, Stingers will take on the Saskatchewan Rattlers in the semifinal on Saturday for the right to go to the final on Sunday. Been quite the year for the Stingers, quite the year for the Canadian League Basketball League. Uh, year one was, uh, I think, a pretty good success. And we'll also talk with Steve about the Olympic aspirations for three-on-three basketball because that will make its debut next year in Tokyo as well. And Steve Sir vying for an Olympic spot, as are the Plouffe sisters, Michelle and Catherine, and they'll get a chance to showcase their skills at West Edmonton Mall, the uh, Ice Palace, coming up next month. is going to be a men's and women's three-on-three event. And right now, looking forward to talking with our next guest. We've had him on the show before, uh, Jake Neighbors from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? The Western Hockey League season is just around the corner. In fact, rookie camp begins next week, and Jake joins us now. Jake, uh, nice to have you back on Inside Sports. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a busy summer for you, hasn't it? Yeah, been really busy. So tell me about, I guess, first of all, now that training camp is just around the corner, um, what, are the juices really flowing here? I know for you, I don't, are you, I don't know if you're going to skate with the rookies, but uh, um, it, it's coming up fast, man. Yeah, no, I'm super excited for it. Uh, you know, summer is nice. You're just going to get home and, you know, see everyone. But 
Um, you can only go so long without hockey, so I'm excited for the season to get rolling here. Yeah, and you've you've played a lot of hockey, obviously, going to the Halinka uh, Gretzky Cup uh, overseas. Uh, that was in Slovakia. You finished with a silver medal. You lost 3-2 in the uh, gold medal game to Russia, so that that was a tough loss. But overall, what was the experience like? Yeah, it was really good. I mean, getting a chance to uh, represent your country overseas is, is something pretty special, so um, you know, they were really good to us. This Hockey Canada always is. You know, they're uh, obviously a high-class organization. And, um, they treated us really well. It was fun. Uh, met a lot of new guys and obviously had a great experience with the hockey um, um, and everything like that. So uh, great, great sights there, too, as well. So it was cool to get to kind of tour Europe. Yeah, no question. It's uh, kind of like a working holiday, even though the the work really much uh, over over supersedes the holiday part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's more. I think it's more of a work work uh, yeah. work trip than a holiday for sure. Tell me about the gold medal game, and uh, I mean that that's tough to fall short like that uh, uh, to Russia, you know, and always tough to lose to Russia in, in at, at any level. But uh, tell me about the game. Yeah, I think. You know, if I'm being honest, I think we deserved a better fate. But, um, you know, we ran into a hot goaltender. and You know, we put a lot of pucks on him. We had a lot of high-scoring ch- or high-class chances so that we uh, didn't bury. So, um, you know, all tournament, we kind of had success with putting the puck in the back of the net with, like, 21 goals in our first three games, I think. So um, we kind of just hit a bit of a wall and, and couldn't get through this guy. But um, we played really well, and, you know, we walked out of there with our heads high. And a moment, I'm sure, in time, you're going to look back and go, silver medal at that tournament, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, obviously, there's, you know, eight countries there all over the world. You're playing against the best players in the world. So um, to bring home a silver medal to, uh, back to Canada is still an accomplishment uh, as itself. You're on the leadership team. You were named one of the assistant captains. Uh, that's always cool, but I'm sure it's it's out of responsibility. But uh, um, what what was that like to to have a, that added responsibility as a, as a leader on the team? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's uh, too much of a burden playing on uh, with a hockey Canada team. Usually, most of those guys that come there are leaders from where they come from. So, um, you know, it's not a hard group to lead. I just kind of had a voice in the room and. And, uh, you know, like to talk and like to make sure everything was uh, working in correct order and things like that. So I think, uh, you know, uh, Coach Dick had uh, some confidence in me to wear a letter, and that was obviously an honor. But, um, you know, it's not too it's not too hard, that added responsibility. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's an honor. Yeah. That's the thing about playing for Hockey Canada, right? It, they ask you to play, you better just be ready to play whatever role they ask you to, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, our fourth line... You know, was uh, just as good as our first. I think skill wise. I mean, um, if you look at up and down our roster, all seven D two goalies, thirteen forwards were are all really skilled. So um, we, going there, you know, you're going to be assigned a role, and you're just happy to be there and be on the team and be playing for your country. Jake Neighbors joins us forward for the Edmonton Oil Kings here on 6:30. Chat Inside Sports. Jake, tell me about. Okay, so you had a long playoff run with the Oil Kings. Uh, it fell short, unfortunately, but you, you made it to the third round. Um, then you have this tournament coming up. Then you got training camp coming up for the Oil Kings. Tell me how your summer goes as far as how much rest and recovery do you give yourself and how much time do you, do you, do you devote to training? Because and, and, it was a busy summer, obviously, with a, with a major tournament, and now you got the, the season coming up. Yeah, obviously, right after the playoff run, I you know took a, a week or two off there, and I kind of just relaxed and recharged the batteries a little bit, and then you know got back to the gym and started getting into a routine of 
uh, working out and stuff. And then obviously tryouts rolled around for the Hoinka. Um, so, you know, went trained hard for that and then went to there, went over to Europe. And then as uh, I'm back now, I kind of took a couple of days off to, you know, recharge the batteries again and, and then got back to the gym a little bit here before we head out to camp. So obviously rest is really important, but um, uh, so is uh, being ready to go and being in shape. So I kind of have to balance it, but um, I think I've done a pretty good job of it. Well, by the time you get to training camp, you should be in, in phenomenal shape because all the hockey you've been playing. Yeah, my season's kind of started a little early, so I got a head start on uh, getting back in the game shape. So, When you reflect on the season last year, I guess for yourself personally and obviously the team goals, I mean, you had uh, in 47 games, I know you had some injury troubles, but you had 11 goals, 13 assists for 24 points. You added uh, four goals, 12 points in 16 playoff games. Obviously, the season ended way short. Maybe first the the, the team... Uh, the, the the team reflection. Um, you guys started off terribly and then went just red hot around what about December, and then you didn't look back and you had yourself a tremendous run. But when you look back on the season last year, what really comes to mind? I think just the group of guys. Like I've honestly, I've never played on a team where uh, you know every guy clicked like that. Um, you know, I was really good friends, and I like to call them my best friends with all three twenty-year-olds. You know, that's pretty rare sometimes to see a, a young guy, such good friends with the older guys. But I think that contributed a lot to our success. It was just the group of guys we had. We were all so tightly knit. So um, when I look back at, you know, all our runs and everything like that, um, obviously the hockey was amazing. We were a great team and everything like that. But I think the, the biggest thing I look back was the group of guys. So you were around uh, in the previous regime uh, in the uh, in the previous season before Brad Lauer came came aboard and Kurt Hill. Um, what did what did you really notice about uh, Brad Lauer? What was the biggest difference that he brought to the team? I think just the biggest thing was change. Um, you know, a lot of guys spent two years there, kind of struggling a little bit. Um, obviously, they didn't have a ton of success. So, I think. Just bringing in a new coach and uh, new management was was good for the guys to kind of get a fresh start and uh, get a chance to show what they they have again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, it was good for you know some of those guys that have been in those tough times to just to get a fresh start and have to prove themselves all over again. And, and I think just the guys knew going into the season that, uh, that you know Brad preached that we were going to be a really good team, and um, you know he gave us the confidence right off the bat that we were going to compete in the league and things like that. So. I think the biggest thing was just he changed our uh, most guys' mindsets um, that they had had the last couple of years. Do you look forward to a bigger role this year? I know Trey Fix-Wolanski is moving on, and that's a, that's a tough loss, but hey, it's junior hockey, it happens, and he's going to go to the pro level, and uh, that's exciting for him, and I know that's a goal that you have, uh, obviously, because you're draft eligible now um, or entering the draft process, but for you, it looks like it's going to be a bigger role for you. How much do you, do you relish it? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I look forward to the challenge. Hopefully, you know, we obviously lost a lot of scoring last year. Um, you know, the top three scores are gone. So some people got to step up. And, you know, I'm going to look to try and be one of those guys that can step up and produce more offensively this year. And, you know, I'm ready for whatever role is, is kind of put to me. So um, whatever it may be, I'm ready to compete for my team here. And uh, it should be a good year. We got a lot of guys who uh, 
have some things to prove and a lot of guys are going to step up big this year, I think. Yeah, there, and there's a lot going on for you personally. I mean, there's, there's the Oil King season coming up. You, like I say, you're entering the draft process, uh, draft eligibility process, and there's a top prospects game coming up. Uh, is it easy to manage uh, all the stuff that's kind of coming at you as a you know as a guy that has uh, the potential to really uh, to really move on and, and hit the pros and do something special? Yeah, obviously it's it's exciting times going into my draft year. Obviously, it's a, a big conversation um you know in my house and with my friends and stuff like that so but i try not to think about it too much i think uh i just go in and play my game play hockey and, and just have fun doing it and the rest will kind of take care of itself so um you know obviously you look at it and you think about it in the back of your head but um you know i'm not too worried about it obviously there's that little bit added pressure but i'm just looking to go in and, and have a good season here and, and hopefully the best happens Great to have you on the show again, Jake. And uh, training camp begins, I believe, next Friday is the is the first day for you guys for the main camp. So, and you got some exhibition games. I believe you're playing five of them before the season starts in in September. So, uh, rest up, train well, have fun, and we'll have you back on the show again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jake Neighbors from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Yeah, main camp begins on August the 30th, and they will play part in a five game uh, five uh, in five exhibition games prior to the onset of the 2019. 20 Western Hockey League season. So they'll host the Red Deer Rebels in a Young Guns game on September the 3rd, and they'll welcome the Hitmen on Friday, September the 6th. Both games will take place at the Downtown Community Arena, right beside Rogers Place. That's where training camp will begin as well, With the uh, starting with the rookies on Wednesday, August 28th. Good kid, talented, going to have a bigger role this year, obviously. The scoring depth has been depleted somewhat, and Jake Neighbors is going to be one of those players that's going to have to step up and take the load. And this is his draft year. So, you know, there's a lot that I'm always amazed. There's a lot that these young kids... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kids have to deal with, especially when you're uh, a draft prospect, you know, NHL draft prospect, and you hear Jake and he's got a good head on his shoulders. It is 718. It's Campbell in for Wilkins here on the Wednesday evening edition of 630 Chat Inside Sports. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Hey, Davey. Yeah, I'm here. You notice that a more and more sports teams are using this track as entrance music? It's pretty catchy. Seeking to destroy from Metallica's first album. There you go. Yeah, I can see why they would use it. I think the Oilers use it. It's a pump-up song and gets you excited. Well, by the way, the How We Watch series continues tomorrow. Who? And uh, we've had a lot of fun with this. Uh, Rick Lollisher joined us two weeks ago, president and CEO of the BC Lions. Held the same post with the Edmonton Eskimos last decade. Last week was great with Scott Moore, former... Uh, executive with the with Rogers Sportsnet and talking about the NHL deal and talking about streaming and and are there too many sporting options out there? Is it the case there's too many options of watching 
your favorite sport. A lot of streaming options out there along with cable. Tomorrow, uh, very much looking forward to having Rich Myers on the show. And Rich Myers, for uh, the last few years, was the former director of game presentation for the Edmonton Oilers. So all that stuff that you saw in-house on the video board and on the LED board, on the LED ring, that's was the under the direction of Rich Myers. And they've won an award for best video presentation for uh, the last two years. Well, Rich doesn't work for the Oilers anymore, but he has graciously granted us uh, some time with him tomorrow just to talk about the in-game experience. So we've talked about how you market to today's fan compared to how you market to yesterday's fan, and they're still today's fan, what attracts people to a game, about the experience of watching games at home, how the TV experience is really rivaling, rivaling, rival, competing with, can't say the word, competing with the game experience at the arena or the stadium. So tomorrow we'll, we'll focus on, okay, once you're at the stadium, it's not like how it used to be where you showed up you had a you had a scoreboard, and you had the old school, you know, that old I don't know what you call it, the old Dactronics board. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, that's right. Remember we're, the one at the end of Commonwealth that was at the yeah. that big, well, where the big screen is now and that stuff with the old clock. Yeah, from the you know from Commonwealth Games and seventy eight, and some of the bulbs yeah. were burnt out on it. And. <laughs> but now you look, and I mean, everyone talks about the new Cowboy Stadium, how big that screen is the screen in bc play stadium is i believe one of the biggest in north america the screen at rogers place is one of the biggest i believe it's the biggest in the nhl so does that stuff matter but it's all part about game experience it's not about just even if if it's even though it's the oilers and we know how big of a brand and how powerful the brand is of the oilers and we are definitely an oilers town but it's, that's not enough anymore. So what is Rich Myers? What was the role that he had? And how important is it to make sure that what you're watching in-house, not necessarily what's on the ice or in the stadium, but everything else around that, how important that is to game experience. So that'll be the next How We Watch series tomorrow night at 7.05 right here on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. News is next from the 6.30 Chet 24-Hour News Center with Thomas Dyes. When we come back, we'll talk about the... Edmonton Stingers, they're going to championship weekend. We'll also talk about the uh, quest for our next guest, Steve Sir, who is the director of player personnel for the Stingers. He's also competing for a spot in the Olympics in the new three-on-three event in basketball. And a big event, men and women's event, is coming to Edmonton. Talk about that much more. Wheelchair basketball, last half hour coming up of Inside Sports. is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Final half hour, 630 Chad Inside Sports. Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed will be back in the big chair on Monday. Tomorrow, as I mentioned, how we watch with uh, Rich Myers, former director of game presentation for the Edmonton Oilers, talking about how the in-game experience has really enhanced kind of the uh, 
experience, like I say, the game experience for the for the fan. It's not just sit there and watch games anymore. There's a lot more to it for sure. So we'll talk about that. Also, we'll preview the Edmonton Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers game on Friday. It is Military Appreciation Night, and you can help bring a member of the military and their family to the game. $59 gets a ticket for you and one member of the Armed Forces or two tickets for a member of the Armed Forces. $30, uh, one ticket for an Armed Forces members. You can call the team store, 448-ESKS. Everyone, by the way, gets a Trevor Harris bobblehead. That's pretty cool. And also $5 bandanas. Courtesy of the Edmonton Garrison Memorial Resource Center. So there you go. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Armed Forces Night. Military Appreciation Night, Edmonton Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers first place matchup. Eskimos win, they get a share of first place. They win by eight points or more, and they get a shot of, uh, or they win the season series that is against the Bombers, which is a pretty big tiebreaker at the end of the year. And the way the West is shaping up, it is going to be very tightly contested. On the uh, scoreboard tonight, the Toronto Blue Jays are continuing a series in Los Angeles to play the Dodgers. They won last night uh, to open up the series. And the Edmonton Stingers, they're in action this weekend. Championship weekend down in Saskatoon. Saskatchewan Rattlers are their semifinal opponent. They win that game. They're off to the final. FC Edmonton, they don't play until Sunday at home uh, against the... uh, the York Nine and FC Edmonton has kind of fallen on a bit of hard times. They've lost their last couple of games after uh, really being on a hot streak, but they've been very good at home lately. So you hope that that's going to be a, a turnaround for them. They're currently third in the standings with 12 points, but only one point back of first place. But uh, yeah, let's talk some basketballs and a big weekend uh, coming up for the Stingers. And a big tournament coming up next month when it comes to uh, FIBA 3-on-3. And we're joined by uh, Steve Sir, who uh, is a, uh, a, three, a FIBA 3-on-3 three three player and also the director of player personnel for those Edmonton Stingers. Big weekend coming up, Steve. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. So I remember being on the air back on May the 10th when uh, you played your first game against Niagara down there at the Hive at the uh, Edmonton Expo Center, and we fast-forward all the way to this weekend. Wow, the season Mm -hmm. has gone fast, but what a season it's been so far. Yeah, I think uh, we knew that it was going to be a quick season, even though... uh I mean, geez, it feels like May was a long time ago in certain regards. (laughs) But... um. I would have to imagine that, for the most part, everyone's pretty pleased with how this has worked out. Uh, we had a we had a great winning streak uh, that really created a lot of excitement around the team. I think uh, we've had some really strong individual performances from some of the some of the really good players that we have with the Stingers, and uh, we also have had uh, Coach Jermaine have a, have a really big impact on the team once uh, he was appointed head coach. So. There's been um, some real positives on the roster and, and coaching and, and player side, and then I think uh, for everyone that's attended a game that has seen this is a lot of fun and uh, there's great crowd engagement and interaction. And uh, I, we were at the last game, uh, right, the last home game that they had against Fraser Valley. I, I, I think that was the largest crowd of the season. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Leading into this playoff weekend, I I think there's just been nothing but positives for for the Stingers and the CEBL in their inaugural season. 
Yeah, the the atmosphere down at the Expo Center, and they call it the Hive, and you know, and, and I said earlier, you know, the Expo Center maybe not be uh, a very pleasing location, but it's what you mm-hmm. do with it, and what has been done over there, it's been incredible. You're 100 percent right. I think uh, when this when it was announced that the venue would be there, since we'd never really had basketball at that spot, I think there was a lot of. I'll have to wait and see how this goes. Uh, viewpoints from people, and I, I was included. I mean, we, we, I'd never seen a basketball game there, so I didn't really know how you were going to make use of the space. But I, I got to give credit to to everybody with the organization because when you go into what what they call the hive, it looks like a basketball venue. Um, the court is fantastic. The floor is great. The rims are good for shooting. Uh, they have a great background for shooting. Um, the crowd is, is close enough that there's some real engagement, I think, with the game. Um, and then they've done such a nice job of, uh, of cozying it up with, uh, you know, with, with cheerleaders and, and the things that they have going on to bring people onto the court to create some excitement. So you got to give a lot of credit to, to the Singer staff and all the people that they have working with the organization because they really made that a real home court and basketball venue that created some excitement uh, with the fans and with the community. So I think... Uh, Again, seeing the last game against Fraser Valley it was such a perfect send-off uh, for, for all the home games and leading into the playoffs because great crowd, great fans, and then a really good product on the floor. Well, you mentioned individual performances, and it's, you know, it's nice to see Jordan Baker uh, play again at home and you know Brody Clark, mm-hmm. uh, a member of the U of A Golden Bears, Mamadou Gaye as well, uh, used to play for mm-hmm. the Bears. and uh, Jermaine Small, he had to take over after Barnaby Craddock left. and uh-huh. It just seemed... It just seemed from the outset it was just seamless. How was he able to do that? Well, Jermaine, you know, from what I understand about his coaching career, he, he he's a player's coach. And he, um, coming out here from being out east, uh, I know he's used to dealing with, you know, a lot of players that they have out there. So, I mean, he's accustomed to how, to how this all works. There's a lot of professional guys in Toronto and, and then the, in the Toronto area. So he, he's been around this a lot, even though, he, you know, he's, he's coaching at the collegiate level. Uh, he knows this culture, I think, really in and out and backwards. So I think that, that was one of the biggest things is he was stepping into something that he was familiar with. Um, one of the tough parts of this kind of move is you're dealing with guys that are abroad or playing in professional leagues throughout the season and either you're trying to switch everything up or you're going to try and say hey let's take the strengths and let's channel it and let's keep the good things going forward that maybe these guys are already doing during their professional seasons with you know into the CEBL and I think Jermaine has done a great job with that he's really tapped into the the strengths of the team uh, their length their athleticism their speed up and down the floor their ability to shoot the ball and then like you pointed out too the, the ability for people to see guys like Jordan Baker and Mamadou and, and Brody play at home and how they're able to impact the team positively they're not just local attractions that you know get to wave at the crowd and then then sit down they're guys that play big roles in their success so I think for Coach Jermaine he, he's done a really good job of managing the roster and putting guys in a position to be successful yeah no question and Jermaine is now up for Coach of the Year I know Xavier Moon is up for uh, player of the year so lots of uh, lots of great performances and uh, here we are championship weekend you got the Saskatchewan Rattlers in the semifinal uh, mm-hmm. well and I know they've been giving you some fits down the stretch here but uh, you got him again in a, a very important game well you know what I think as far as an excitement level goes uh, this is the game you want you know you're going to get a lot of people at the game uh, you just lost two to this Saskatoon team 
So there's there's no lack of motivation to come out there and play with an extremely high level of effort. Um, and a little bit of the underdog mentality. Even though the Stingers have a better record, you are on their home court playing the team that probably thinks that this is a game that they can win. So uh, what I'm expecting or looking forward to with the guys is them coming out and playing with a real edge and with something to prove. And, um, you know, I, I think with, with the roster they have, everybody's healthy. Uh, they're, they're out there right now, so they're going to get plenty of time to, to be on the court and, and get accustomed to the, to the surroundings and be in Saskatoon. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the best part of the season. This is where you, you, you take all the stuff you've been working on and all the good wins and the good lessons from, from some of the from bumps along the road and, uh, really put it into action where, um, you win, you win the playoff games and you try and really pursue having that first inaugural CEBL championship trophy, which would be a, a tremendous accomplishment in, uh, in the league's first year. Steve Sir joins us, Director of Player Personnel for the Edmonton Stingers, and uh, we're going to switch gears here. We're going to talk about uh, Edmonton once again hosting a major FIBA three-on-three event, and we saw this last year with the men, uh, a challenger event at the Ice Palace in September. It's coming up, uh, I believe, it, and the women are involved too, and that's exciting because we've got mm-hmm. the Blue Sisters who are vying for an Olympic spot as well in Tokyo, but uh, mm-hmm. the, the women's... Uh, event will be September 21st and 22nd. Men's event, which you'll be involved with, September 28th and 29th. That will be the second annual uh, FIBA 3-on-3 Edmonton Challenger. And it's the only event in Canada, by the way, of its kind. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, both of these are are the only events in in Canada of its kind, and it's really exciting. I mean, I think the the women's series is is in its first year of, of really putting together a string of stops for the women's national teams um, at different areas in the world and, and representing what they what they have on the men's side already with a world tour. Um, the main focus of the women's series is to earn points for the countries that are vying for, for Olympic berths and to qualify for the Olympic qualifying tournament uh, in 2020. So uh, there's a lot at stake in, in, these women's, in these women's series events, and it's going to be the final women's series of this tour so it should be all the top-ranked countries that are coming to Edmonton to finish up the Women's Series Tour. So it's going to be high-level basketball. It's going to be fast. It's going to be skilled. And it doesn't hurt that we're going to have a team uh, with, uh, with two pretty good players from Edmonton uh, playing on that, on that stop with uh, Michelle and Catherine. That's right. We were actually lucky enough in Bucharest uh, last week. Our team was out there for the Challenger in Romania. And the women's team was in Bucharest as well, playing in the women's series. So we had a chance to actually really watch them play uh, up close and personal uh, at that event. And they won that event, and they were fantastic. So, I mean, it's going to be a real treat for people to get a chance to see them play in this platform since they've seen the Plouffe sisters play in national team stuff. Now they're going to see them play this 3x3 and see see why it's such a perfect fit for them. Um, And then on the men's side, it's going to be it's going to be the event we had last year and, and then some. The The level of teams are even higher this year. Uh, there's a lot at stake as this is getting closer to the end of the World Tour, so teams are really going to be pressing to get good results. Um, I think there, what we did last year was create a real appetite and an interest for 3x3 uh, with us being able to be a local team representing Edmonton at the event. That should hopefully uh, drum up some excitement as well, and it'll be another chance for, I think, for Edmonton to continue to establish itself as a real center and mecca for 3x3 basketball uh, in the world. 
Good stuff. Well, we look forward to that. We look forward to this weekend uh, with the with the Stingers and the semifinal against the Rattlers down there in Saskatoon. Steve, always appreciate your time on the show. All the best, okay? Thanks so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Steve, sir, he is the director of player personnel for the Edmonton Stingers, also a 3x3 player uh, on Team Edmonton, currently number 7th ranked on the World Tour. Uh, he also plays with uh, Jordan Baker, who's on the Stingers, and Jermaine Buckner former T-Bird from Rochep. There you go, Jermaine. Good job, good job. And uh, they've had a good year. They finished first once along with three second-place showings at Challenger events thus far in 2019 as uh, qualifying for the Olympics continues. I'm not sure how they're going to determine the, quali- the the qualification process, how they're going to end it. I know I was talking with Steve about this a little bit earlier, and there's a little bit of confusion about how that's going to happen, but it is very, very possible that we have two Edmonton participants in the Olympics with Steve Sir on the men's side and and as I mentioned with Jordan and Jermaine and then the, the Plouffe sisters, Catherine and Michelle representing Canada on the women's side and from Edmonton. I goofed yes, uh, how how did I do this? Is this as bad as, as Reed reading or uh, updating a, a Jay's score of a tape game? Uh, the Jays got crushed last night. That. Jays got crushed 16-3 to by the Dodgers. They kept saying they won last night. No, they did not! They'll look to win tonight. They play game two of that series in L.A. against the Dodgers. When we come back, we'll talk about another international event, a chance for a couple of Edmonton products or local products to make the Paralympics next year in Tokyo in wheelchair basketball. That's next on Inside Sports. Hi, this is Greg Ellingson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Shed. Welcome back to the show. Well, we talked about international basketball coming to Edmonton. Well, let's uh, shift gears and talk about a couple of uh, local products who are in Lima, Peru right now for the... uh, Pan Para Games. So this is basically the uh, Paralympic Games for the Pan American Games down in, in Lima, Peru. And there's a lot on the line for both uh, men's and women's national wheelchair basketball team. Uh, we are joined by, uh, or earlier today, I had a chance to talk with Daryl Nordell, who is an assistant coach in the team, and Aaron Young, who we've had on the show before, talk about, uh, hey, the big tournament and what it basically, uh, what is basically on the line at this tournament down in Peru. So it's basically uh, our tournaments to qualify for the Paralympics, uh, Tokyo 2020. And we only have two spots to do so, so we have to be in the gold medal game to qualify. So that's no pressure. That's no pressure at all, right? (laughs) It's not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Now the tournament starts, I believe, on Friday, right? And it goes for about a week? Uh, Our game actually starts on Saturday, yeah, and it's roughly a week. Okay, so tell me about the, the lead-up and the preparations uh, to prepare for uh, a pressure-packed tournament like this. Um, so we centralize in Toronto from May until the big tournament, and right now we've been in Lima for a couple of days, and we're basically just getting used to the scenery and the village and the food and the practice gym, and we have one practice a day, and we sometimes lift as well, and... And the big dance is on Saturday. And all that time together, how does that benefit the, the team, benefit you? And uh, I imagine this isn't the first time that you all have been together before this time, but uh, tell me what, how much it helps to centralize as early as you did in Toronto, like you said, back in May. 
Um, it helps us a lot. Our team chemistry basically builds on from that May all the way up until August. And you can see from the start till the end how much our team becomes a team in that short amount of time. And it's obviously really good for us that we have such a good uh, training environment and we can constantly see what we're doing and push ourselves and our teammates. And honestly, it's going to be really good. And I'm excited to start playing with them. Yeah, you're on. Uh, you, you're one of the co-captains, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is that comes with some responsibility? But for you, is it just is it just playing? And uh, like, what kind of a leader are you? Uh, it feels like just another day at the office for me. <laughs> um, I like to hype up my teammates a lot. I really want to do my best to make everyone successful, and if that's me sitting on the bench cheering my head off or me on court fist pumping and high-fiving and potentially getting that assist for them, I'll do anything I can to make others successful. And we are joined by Aaron Young, who is from St. Albert and resides in Legal here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Aaron is down with uh, the women's and the men's national wheelchair basketball teams as they're trying to qualify for the Paralympic Games in Tokyo uh, next year in 2020. You're not too far removed from a from a championship uh, at, at a Canadian level. Uh, the Edmonton Inferno, who you play on, won the national championship in 2018. Uh, yeah, we've actually won quite a few national championships with that squad. We seem to have a legacy with our team, and I'm just excited to be a part of that journey as well. Everyone else. Now, you uh, competed in Brazil, and the team finished fifth. Um, how much hunger is left from that, from that Olympic Games, and how much of an eye-opener was that uh, Paralympic Games uh, uh, that kind of fuels the fire here three years later? Uh, it was a big eye-opener for not just myself as a uh, rookie at the time, but as the, for the team. Um, I came into the games kind of as a sponge and soaking up every moment and everything that happened. And to be honest, now that I'm a veteran on the team, I just constantly want to be the best and the whole team chases to be the best. And I think this tournament, we're going into it showing what Canada can do and Honestly, our team is just so excited to start because we are hungry to play basketball with with um, all the teams here. Very pleased to be joined by Daryl Nordell from Lima, Peru as well. He is from Edmonton. And for the first time, uh, you are an, an assistant coach on the women's national team, correct? Yeah, uh, that is correct. My first time with the women's team. What's that transition been like uh, working you know, on the men's national team for, for as, as long as you have and now switching over to the women? You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting process working with the women's team. Uh, they, they're very knowledgeable. They want a lot of input. They want a lot of feedback. And uh, they're a group of girls that work really hard, both physically and mentally. So I'm, I'm looking for good things for them from Lima here. From a coaching standpoint, when this is such a, a pressure-packed tournament, um, and you got, I believe you got three games before everything's all decided, and you got to get to the gold medal game to qualify for the Paralympics in, in Tokyo. From a coaching standpoint, how do you lead the the team because i'm sure there's uh, and it probably helps to have someone like aaron who's been there before but how do you try and lead the team and make sure that even though there's going to be nerves that um that it's not going to be kind of like a, a crushing weight when you get to games here 
Yeah, you know what? We're really lucky. We've got a group of old veterans, and we have some rookies with us. Some of these girls have been through some tough matches before. So, as Aaron had mentioned, you know, we really rely on them to, to help those rookies along. And for us as coaches, we prepare one game at a time. We don't go too far into the schedule. We've got to make sure we're ready to play everyone, which we open against Columbia on Saturday. And the girls have played some good matches here throughout the year. They were in Germany earlier this summer. They were in France for some tournaments. So they've played some quality European teams as well. So the, the girls have trained hard since May living in Toronto. And, and they're ready to play. So exciting times as uh, Darren Nordell along with Aaron Young with the Canadian Women's National uh, Wheelchair Basketball Team along with the, the men's side as well uh, as they attempt to qualify for the Olympics at the uh, Para-Pan Amer- American Games which is the uh, Paralympic Games of the Pan American Games which just wrapped up down in Peru. So uh, we'll keep track of their progress as well. Uh, it's pretty cool too because uh, Darren Nordell is the head coach of the uh, of uh, the Edmonton Wheel, the Inferno, the Edmonton uh, women's wheelchair basketball team that won a national title with 2018 and Aaron Young who we've had on this show before is on that team so there's a lot of chemistry there as well all right a lot of fun tonight a lot of fun tomorrow our how we watch series will continue and we'll preview the Eskimos and Bombers on Friday night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium studio producer Kellen Kennedy my name is Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins on this week's edition of Inside Sports, back tomorrow night at 6.05. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.